This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery. This show is for you, our Plus subscribers. It's one more solo mini episode with me this week. Thanks for sticking around. I will jump right into it. The first question is binge watcher. This is probably pretty trivial, but I'd love to know your opinion. A few months ago, I amicably ended a relationship. It hadn't been a very long or intense one, but it was very respectful and it resulted in the least dramatic breakup I've ever had. I'd asked if he still wanted to be friends, but he said that wouldn't be possible as his feelings were romantic. My question is this. I still use several of the logins he shared with me while we were dating, streaming services, etc. Is this in terrible taste? Or is it just part of breakups in the subscription age? He could obviously boot me out, change his passwords, and it's probably pretty obvious as the watch history is out in the open. To be honest, if I were in his position, I'd be pissed off, but maybe I'm more petty than he is. I love low-stakes questions. Thank you for this low-stakes question. It is a, a welcome uh, relief from intense questions. So, you know, more, more of these, please. As you say, letter writer, this is not the most serious question in the world. This was an amicable breakup. This guy knows that you're using his logins, and he has not so far done anything about it. So I don't think you have to worry that you're doing anything in terrible taste. I would say, at worst, it's in bad taste, and at best, it's kind of fine. So, you know, the, the good news here is that even if you do the worst possible thing, uh, it, it's not that bad. So you're not, you're not taking food off of his table. You're not uh, messing with his, you know, life or security. It's, uh, as you say, it's low stakes. But it's bothering you. It's bothering you for a reason. And, and I think it's pretty straightforward as to why. Like he said, I still have romantic feelings for you. And you, it sounds like maybe kind of wish that he would get a little fed up. I don't know if it's because you sort of wish that he would stand up to you a little bit more. I don't know if that was an element of your relationship that led you to want to break up with him. Possibly I'm reading too much into this. I have been known to do that once or twice in my life. But, you know, regardless of what you think he ought to do or what you might do in his situation, the question is just like, is this worth it to you? Whatever amount of money you're saving every month, is that worth the part of you that occasionally feels like you're getting away with something you're a little embarrassed or ashamed of? Um, or that you're doing something that feels a little bit underhanded because, you know, in that case, it, it is, as you say, the subscription age. Lots of people continue to use their ex's logins and that's fine. But in that case, I think you might just as easily be able to ask a couple of your friends, hey, are any of you willing to occasionally lend me one of your logins? Like if you truly can't afford it on your own, surely there are other people that you are actually in contact with now who might be willing to lend you their uh, Hulu password for a few months. I, I would recommend spreading that one out. Like, don't ask one person to share all of theirs with you and be understanding and gracious if they ever say, that's enough, I can't do anymore. But yeah, start with that. I, I, I think that that would just be an easier and more straightforward thing to do. And you would probably feel a little bit better. Um, my guess is that it's not a question of pettiness so much as if he still has romantic feelings for you. He has a significant incentive to want to think of himself as like, well, I'm still making her happy a little bit, or I'm still part of her life somehow. Again, 
it's not on a huge scale. We're talking about shared Netflix or whatever. Uh, I don't think you're giving him like false hope. It just seems like a, a loose connection that doesn't actually represent the kind of relationship you want to have with him. And you feel a little guilty because you are benefiting from his ongoing, possibly romantic feelings for you uh, when you really want them to be to be done. So I would say ask around for replacement logins from your friends. If you could afford it and it's just been a question of like, ah, I don't really want to, you know, you you can make it so that you forget the passwords, don't have your browsers, remember them, you know, get get one of your own if you can. That's that's it. I'm not going to I'm not going to flog you for this one. It's kind of fine. That's it. That's all I got. It's kind of fine, but it kind of bothers you. You should take a half an hour and and find something else. We'll move on to something that is slightly higher stakes, and I'm sure I will soon long for the ease and clarity of uh, getting your own streaming accounts. The subject is sick of the standoff. I'm a trans person with longstanding anxiety and depression. During the pandemic, I've made some meaningful changes that have brought me joy and a kind of aliveness that I didn't know was possible. The most recent one being a name change. The issue is my parents. I've realized I can no longer endure being called by the wrong pronouns by people who love me. I'd also like to be called by my new name. Thanks to my supportive brother, my mom has done a lot of work around queerness and mostly uses my pronouns. But as soon as my dad is there, she reverts back. My dad is what you might call the missing stare. I haven't asked him to use the correct pronouns because he has previously reacted with dismissiveness and contempt when I have used gender-neutral pronouns for anyone else even though he knows I use them because of my brother. I don't know what to do. I know they want to see me more now that we're all vaccinated. Although I've mostly highlighted the struggle in my letter, I really do love them, and I don't want to cut them off. But I can't tolerate this anymore. I also know that my mental health can't withstand any sort of lying or victimhood that I worry is inevitable if I raise this with them in any way. It just makes me sad that my newfound healing and ability to feel would be burdensome to them. I feel so stuck. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I'm so sorry, letter writer. You know, I, I felt so much uh, in your letter of um, a really recognizable and painful dilemma, which is that even the possibility of ending contact with one or more relatives is often not an easy one. It's often not one that's made lightly, and it's often not one that would necessarily bring about immediate benefits. Um, even if it is something you eventually decide to do, um, it will not be an easy one or one that is not unmixed with pain and sadness. And so I really, I suppose I want to start by outlining um, the reality, which is that no matter what options you choose and no matter what reactions your relatives bring to the situation, you will continue to experience a sense of loss and sadness and pain. So that's maybe a sort of (laughs) depressing way to begin this, but I, I, I think I just mostly want to say, you know, it's true that this is sad and painful and that there will be no single action you can do that will bypass sadness and pain. And maybe that will help you as you make future decisions if you're just able to acknowledge there's no magic bullet solution here. There's no one thing that I missed that if only I had done that, things would have worked out. Um, And so it's more a question of figuring out what trade-offs am I willing to make? What trade-offs am I capable of making? Um, what worst case scenarios do I think are acceptable and what worst case scenarios do I think are unacceptable and how can I make my decisions on those uh, foundations? 
So to start with, I'm so glad that some of these changes have brought you joy, have made you feel alive in ways that you didn't previously know you could. That's wonderful. And I really encourage you to spend as much time and energy as possible in the places where those changes have been possible and with those people. So foregrounding anything in spending as much time as possible with people who do use your name and do use your pronouns and do it easily and without acting as if it is the most difficult and confusing thing in the world um, will go a long way towards just helping to build a sort of like emotional solidity um, that will make some of these decisions easier. You know, beyond that, you say that you can't tolerate this anymore and that you know that if you were to make a specific direct request to your family as a group or perhaps to your father in particular, that their reaction would be one that you know you couldn't handle. And so I think maybe some of the thought there is, as long as I don't directly ask for it, I can postpone the day when I think it's inevitable that I have to make a break. And so I would caution you against trying to put that off indefinitely. Again, that's not to say tomorrow you need to call up your dad and say, call me by my new name this instant or you'll never hear from me again. I realize that's not the the mode that you're in, but I I do think it will be a mistake to indefinitely postpone uh, a necessary conversation, even if you think the outcome is going to be bad. So with that in mind, I think maybe the first place to start is by talking to your brother. You say that he's supportive and that he's even been able to help your mom make some movement in the right direction. So I I think he's your first port of call. And I think I would lay it out to him as you've laid it out here, which is that I have tried for a while to see if I can kind of get by on dealing with being called by my old name and old pronouns by the people I'm closest with, reaching the end of that line. I need to, in the near future, have a conversation with mom and dad where I make it clear that I need them to start consistently using my name and pronouns. I'm worried about that. My main fear is that I will ask it and I will get an outright denial and that scares me and I would love your support, you know, and see how that conversation goes. You know, what might you want from your brother in terms of helping to back you up when you say those things? What might you want from him and potentially paving the way by bringing some of this up on his own if he's willing and able to do that? Um, what are some things that he think might be useful to you as you consider approaching this conversation, whether he thinks it'd be better to have it with your parents each separately or as a, as a couple, um, if he thinks it'd be helpful for him to be part of that conversation or more helpful for you to do it on your own first and then for him to, you know, come in after the fact and, uh, maybe answer some of the follow-up questions. Um, I, I think that will go a long way towards making you feel like you at least have a plan of action. And again, as always, uh, you know, writing down, what would be possible reactions that I think I could work with? What would be reactions that I think I couldn't work with? How will I distinguish between the two? What if I get one kind of commitment from my mother and a different from my father? Would that change things for me? Um, if my mother was willing to talk to me without my father present and I just bypass him for a while, would that be okay with me? I don't know that it would, but I do want to float that as an option. You know, There are some people who would feel like, pausing my relationship with my father and maintaining my relationship with my mother would be emotionally sustainable for at least a while and I'm willing to give it a try. And somebody else might say, I either don't think they would be okay with it or I don't think I would be okay with it. And you'll have to answer that one for yourself. And I I can really appreciate why it feels really daunting to ask your father for something that you think he's going to say no to. And boy, if I... (laughs) 
if I knew a way to get around that, uh, you know, I would be giving that advice all of the time. But I think the best thing that you can do on that front is to simply lead with that I've been avoiding this conversation. Because I know that in the past when I've talked about gender neutral pronouns, you've been dismissive. It's clear to me that you don't care very much about this. I'm not asking you to change your thinking about all of this. I am not asking you to love this about me. I mean, I would like it, but I'm not asking you to. Uh, I'm asking for a good faith effort. Um, Are you willing to do that? You don't have to understand everything about me to respect things about me. And I would love it if you could respect my like autonomy and my decision to choose this name for myself. It's meaningful to me. Are you willing to give that a try? You know, again, if his answer to that is just no, fuck you. As painful as that is, at least it's it's not that much worse than what's already going on with him now. And at least then you can all get it out in the open um, rather than everyone kind of trying to soft pedal and say, well, I'm sure he would act differently if he knew better or he doesn't really mean it or something. It, it takes that away. And that kind of uh, soft hearted lying can be, as you, as you yourself say, really painful. And then if that conversation goes really badly, again, you don't have to say, you'll never hear from me again, die in a fire. You can just say, I hope you change your mind. If you ever do, I I would love to hear from you. And that can kind of set a different kind of tone rather than I am making a decision to turn my back on you so much as you have made it clear that you are not willing to respect my autonomy here and respect my decisions to live my own life. And I I can't um, pretend for you and I can't go by somebody else's name for you. And so You know, if you're ever willing to do something different, to be less rigid, I would love to hear from you. Um, And then maybe to, as follow-up, say to your mother and brother that you would love to take a call separately from them. But that's the sort of, um, that's the bar that people need to clear to to be in a close relationship with you is they need to call me by my name. Um, That's a really low, gentle bar. It's not asking very much. And I, I think if you can make that your sort of, ground that you stand on, you'll be able to have a clearer sense of where you want to go from then on. I, you know, I don't, I don't love any of that either because I feel like it's also soft peddling a lot already about your identity. It's already um, granting a fair amount of territory to your father that I don't necessarily want you to have to concede, but you do say that you want to try to keep them in your life if it's at all possible. And for you, it's like, I just need that, I don't know, maybe 30, 40% of attempting, or at least I would like to try and see if that's bearable before saying I can't do this. And I I really, you know, letter writer, I really respect that. I really understand that. Uh, I'll just say sometimes it can feel really impossible to imagine not having those family relationships. And the idea of not trying to make them work sounds really harsh, but there can also be such a cost to that kind of pain that you have talked about already experiencing. And um, sometimes it feels like at least we have the regular contact, at least we're talking, that itself makes it worth it. And sometimes it's not until you get to the other side that you can kind of realize, wow, actually, I was really bending over backwards to pretend that things were manageable and they just weren't. And as sad as it is not to be in contact, it's not that much sadder that being in contact with them when they were saying, we'll only be in contact with you if we can call you by your birth name, if we can you know, go out of our way to demean your transition. And sometimes that disruption of contact can come as a relief even while the pain is still present. You know, The pain is there no matter what. The pain is that your father is saying, 
I don't care who you think you are. I decide who you are. And that that reality is present and painful whether you speak to him or not. And so within that context, you know, it's really about figuring out what can I, what can I handle? What do I need? And I really just wish you the best. Um, I hope he responds well. If he doesn't, I hope you get the support that you need to take that step back. Again, you know, there's a lot of different ways to be estranged from people. It's not always like goodbye forever. Here is my last letter. Um, it's not always permanent. Um, sometimes people come around. Sometimes people come around and in the meantime, you've realized I'm actually doing great. This this no longer had some of the meaning that it did for me 10 years ago, five years ago. Thanks, but I'm good. And whatever happens next for you, I just really hope you're able to foreground the aliveness, the joy, the support wherever you can. Um, and I really hope that your your brother and your mother are able to, to step up and support you, not just when your father is out of earshot, um, but all of the time because you deserve it. Thank you so much. That's it for me today. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up, to subscribe, or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a minute. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations and interview questions with our guests. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you need some little advice or big advice and you'd like me to read your letter on the show, head to slate.com slash mood to find our big mood, little mood listener question form or find a link in the description of the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>